the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let me ask you a question. Do you love the Lord? Is that being translated by the way that you're living? Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Hey, today we're going to be in Psalm chapter 3, 4, and 5. And I entitled this message, When All Looks Lost. Have you experienced times in your life that everything seemed to be just lost? When it looks like you're at the end of your rope? When all hope seemed to be gone? When you didn't know where to turn or how you would ever make it? I remember that happening a few times in my life. Like when my parents divorced when I was 16 years old and they both left. I was on my own, working and still going to school. And I thought, it can't get any worse than this. But as many of you know, it can always get worse. Sometimes it seems like there's no bottom to the holes that we can fall into. That there is no need to despair Because our souls have completely lost it. And the misery that we can inflict on our heart in those times. Yes, we can all relate to those times of distress. Those times of anguish that we never want to experience again. And when we're in the midst of them, hopelessness seems to cause a vacuum within us. And it's so relentless. It's not being able to see how we can get through to the other side. Yes, things can always get worse, like when having to pay my rent and my car payment and insurance and food all at the age of 16 years old. But then right after I turned 18 and somehow surviving those two years and just coming into a relationship with Christ, I came to work one day. And I was let go. That's right. I was fired. It was so weird, too, because my boss said, you know, you're one of the hardest workers that we have here. And if you ever need another job, come back and see me. I mean, I don't know why I didn't say, well, then why are you firing me then? But I didn't say anything. I just left. You know, I had that job ever since I was 15. I remember laying on my bed when I went home that day in this one bedroom I was renting out of the house and thinking, I'm going to lose my car. I won't be able to eat. That's it for me. There's no hope. Well, I was unemployed for two weeks. Then I got a job in construction. Something as a new believer in Christ I was praying for. And within just a few short months, I was making more money than I had ever made in the past. Yes, there are many ups and downs in this life. And that was the beginning of me learning some valuable lessons. Lessons that I would have to learn over and over again. Why is it that the only way we really learn lessons is through the school of hard knocks? Why is that? Well, I'm not sure. I or anyone else can answer that. 
But one thing for sure, when we're on vacation in the midst of the most pleasurable times of our lives, that's not when we seem to learn any life-changing precepts. Yet, when we're thrown into devastating circumstances that appear to be so much larger than us, that's when we seem to have an ear to hear, to hear the still small voice of God. And so it was for the shepherd boy turned king. Even though David had been king at this point for decades, he was still subject to difficult times and harsh circumstances. And that goes for all of us also. For as long as we are on this side of heaven, we will all still face, at times, seasons of despair. Well, listen, while you're on the radio here today, we're going to continue in this study in Psalms. We looked at it a little bit last week, but we're going to look at Psalm 3, 4, and 5. Now, these three Psalms are all dealing with the attempted mutiny against David from his own son, Absalom. Now, the entire story is recorded in the book of 2 Samuel. Uh, We know this because this is the first of many Psalms that give us a historical title. It says before verse 1, a psalm of David, which was when he fled from Absalom, his son. And we might think, why would David have to flee from his own son? Well, that's a great question, and it requires a lengthy answer. So let me try to be as brief as possible, but I want to explain what happened. It really started way before his son Absalom was ever born. David had made a choice that didn't seem like it would have had dire ramifications, but guess what? It did. Back in 1 Samuel 25, David had taken two women to be his wives, Abigail and Ahinoam. And we see this in the Bible, where some men take more than one wife. This was never approved by God. And just because God gives an accurate accounting of the history of those in the Bible, it doesn't mean that all those decisions that people had made are good decisions, are not sin. So from the beginning, this is what God said, that a man, singular, shall leave his father and mother, more than one, and cling to his wife, singular. That's right. One man, And one woman is what God had ordained for marriage. And Moses recorded by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, obviously, in Deuteronomy 17, 17, in the Torah, the law of God, that the kings were not to multiply wives for themselves. Now, why did God say this? Because it will draw their heart away from the Lord. That's what he said. So, David, he didn't choose to obey that. For before he took on the two wives we just mentioned, he had already married King Saul's daughter, Michael. Okay, so now he's got three wives. But he didn't take her with him when he fled from King Saul, who was trying to kill him. Remember, Saul tried to shishkabob him with his spear to the wall. Uh, Then we're told in 2 Samuel 5 that David took on even more wives with concubines, okay? So now he's got all these wives and multiple concubines, okay? So what's a concubine? It's basically another bedmate, okay? So he's got all kinds of women to sleep with, but all those wives came up with what? Multiple children. I'm sure at first it was great. David must have enjoyed all the benefits of all the wives. But could you imagine 
all the jealousy and the infighting that came from all of those different women trying to become the favorite wife of David and having their children be the favorite children of King David? Oh, I'm sure it was a mess on so many different levels. Just to think about it. Now, getting to the point of what caused Absalom, his son, to stir a mutiny in the kingdom. Well, back in 2 Samuel 13, uh, a son of David from another wife was smitten with the sister of Absalom from yet another wife. And he forced himself on this poor girl who was only trying to help her brother. Her brother, which is, again, one of David's sons from another wife, came to his dad and said, Oh, yes, Dad, can you send my sister Tamar over? I'm not feeling well, and I just want to have her make lunch for me. So David sent his daughter from a different wife over there to take care of her half-brother. Well, he was in the bedroom, said, I can't come out. And so she brought his lunch into the room, and then that's when he forced himself on her. Yes, that son, his name was Amnon, and he should have been taken out and beaten like a dog for what he did to his half-sister. But that didn't happen. In fact, David didn't do anything about it. Well, his son Absalom couldn't believe it. So Absalom wanted revenge himself on this half-brother. So he waited a very long time. In fact, he waited like two years. And that's when Absalom invited Amnon to family get together. And he had him killed there once he got there. Yes, it just proves that time does not heal every wound. That's why it's so important for us to forgive those who have wronged us. Because if we don't, it'll just keep stirring inside of us and we could do something really back as soon as we get the opportunity to strike back. But we are to leave those who have wronged us in the hands of the Lord. We're to forgive and let the Lord deal with them. And if they do not truly repent before the Lord, then God says that he will judge them harshly for what they have done. But again, that should be left in the hands of our Lord and not us. But Absalom was filled with bitterness for two main reasons. Number one, for what happened to his sisters Tamar, obviously. And number two, because his father David didn't deal with the guilty son who attacked his sister. And after Absalom was gone and hiding for years, he was allowed back into the kingdom. But David didn't seek out his son to somehow deal with this issue or reconcile with him. That, again, just caused Absalom's heart to grow even more and more bitter towards his father. That's when Absalom started meeting people at the gate of the city. Now, when people were met at the gate of the city, it was like welcoming them to the city. So city officials would sit there. Well, Absalom wasn't really any official, but he was the king's son. So he would meet everyone at the gate, and he would tell them how much better of a job he could do in ruling over them than his own father. Here is yet another mistake that David made. He should have never allowed his son to set up camp at the gate of the city and promote himself among the people. Well, after much time, Absalom had actually won the hearts of so many people, even those that were the closest to King David himself. And that's what allowed this revolt against his dad to happen. 
Absalom was winning the hearts of so many people. Yes, Absalom thought he could take his father's kingdom over with his own wisdom and his own charisma. And although David was guilty of many things, Jerusalem was not his. Jerusalem belonged to the Lord. It was the city of the Lord. And the Lord would deal with David for his sin areas in his life. But God was not going to allow his city to get taken over by Absalom, for it wasn't his to take. Well, that led David to being actually driven out of Jerusalem. And we find these three Psalms, Psalm 3, 4, and 5, we see that David is fleeing for his own life. Now, here at Core Church Los Angeles, why do we take the opportunity and time, you know, to go through the Scripture, to actually do a verse-by-verse study so that we can understand these things? But why is it important for us to understand what happened with David and his son Absalom? Well, we're told in Romans chapter 15 that these things were written for us in times past, talking about the Old Testament, the 39 books of the Old Testament, so that we could learn from them, that we could learn instruction from them. Why? So that we don't make the same mistakes over and over again. That's why at Core Church Los Angeles, we are going through the Word of God. On Sunday mornings, we're going through the book of Exodus, verse by verse. And on our midweek study on Thursday nights, I've started this new study called Prayer and Praise, going through the book of Psalms. We're not going to look at every single psalm, but we're going to look at many of them. And they have to do so much with our own life. So listen, if you're not plugged in with a church, or if you're going to a church that's not doing anything in your life to cause spiritual growth, and what do I mean by that? Well, just ask yourself right now, are you more of a mature Christian than you were two years ago? Like, are you growing in your relationship with Christ? If you're not, then why not? What's happening? This is why going to a church that stimulates you, going to a church that actually kind of gets under your skin a little bit. Sometimes you get poked and prodded in places that you don't want to get poked and prodded. But see, that's a good thing. That's why the Bible is not always what you want to hear, but it's always, always what you need to hear. And that's what you're going to hear at Core Church Los Angeles. Sometimes you might not like it. Why? Because you might have an active area of sin in your life that's never been addressed at the church you're going to. But you come to core church and it will eventually get addressed. Why? Because again, when you go through the Bible, when you do expository Bible teaching, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, it covers every aspect of life. So I encourage you to come to core church LA. We're on the intersection of La Cienega in the 10 freeway on the west side of LA. Look, if it takes you 20, 30, 40 minutes to get there? Who cares? It's Sunday morning. It's like it's the Lord's Day anyway. What's better, to drive to a church that's 10 minutes away and you're not being stimulated, you're not growing in your faith, or to drive 40, 45 minutes and actually start growing in your relationship with Christ? Look, it's not rocket science. I'm just asking you about your own spiritual health. But I encourage you to come. And if you're living too far away, you can always download our app. You can watch us live. We have all of our services that are live. We 
have three services on Sunday morning at 8.30, 10.30, and 12.30. We also have a 7.30 midweek study on Thursday night. Now, of course, if you're on our East Coast listening to one of our 19 stations back there, you have to add three hours of those. But download our app at the App Store. It's Core Church Los Angeles, and there's hundreds of video messages on there that can help you and encourage you in your walking relationship with Christ. Well, getting back here, with all that as a backdrop on what happened and why Absalom got so bitter at his dad, we're going to consider this thought right here, when the wicked rise. And we're going to read here in Psalm chapter 3, picking up in verse 1. Now, if you're driving your car right now, you keep your eyes on the road, and I'll read the text to you. All right, so here we go. Oh, Lord, how my adversaries have increased, David said. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, there's no deliverance for him in God. Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. I was crying to the Lord with my voice, and he answered me from his holy mountain. There's that Selah again. Verse 5. I lay down and sleep. I woke for the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me round about. Verse 7, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have smitten all my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessings be upon your people. Selah again. Did you notice that there was three sea laws in that psalm of Psalm 3? At the end of verse 2, at the end of verse 4, and at the end of verse 8. Now, sea law, some people say, look, it can't really be explained. But it is a pause in the psalm. Maybe it's to stop and say, well, what do you think about that? You know, it's like, it's a pause. It's like, well, think about what you just read. And how David could so easily have thoughts of being completely overwhelmed here. Imagine the king having to run for his life in the middle of the night. I mean, who could he trust at this point? Where is he going to go? As he said in verse 1, his adversaries have increased, and there are many rising up against me. For there was a whole new group of people that are now following his son Absalom. They've embraced his ideology of his, you know, would be better than his father's. You know, we see this in our own country right here in America. People wanted something new and different from our last administration. Well, guess what? (laughs) That's exactly what you got. And now we are slipping farther and farther away from any sense of morality as people want what they desire far more than what they should have. Yes, we can be disloyal as people. We can be so unstable. You know, we can also be erratic and unfaithful. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to all of us. All of us can be like this. But then after we reap much pain, we can now think to ourselves, man, why did all of this happen to me? See, David was Israel's national hero. He captured Jerusalem, and he made it the capital of Israel. David conquered all their enemies. He brought back the Ark of the Covenant. He brought it back to God's people. And David, besides bringing peace and safety to God's people, he also brought an unprecedented prosperity to the entire region. 
People were way better off than they had ever been in their entire lifetime with David. But many times when we have so much, it leaves us wanting even more. And many of the people sided with David's son Absalom. But what had he accomplished in his life? Nothing. But it sounded good. Isn't that what we got with our president now? He'd been in, what, Washington, D.C. for like 50 years? But what did he really accomplish in that time? Like, like nothing. It's like, but we wanted something different. Oh, well, we got something different now. We have the highest, you know, inflation that we probably have ever seen in this country, you know, in such a short period of time. You know, we have, you know, just unprecedented killing homicides. You know, it's going up in all the major cities. We have a defunding the police program that has completely fell on its face. And now they're trying to backtrack on that. But it's like crime has increased everything. It's just like it's a total mess right now. But then, of course, when you listen to the news on some of these secular stations and then oh, you think everything's just great, but it's not great. You know, we hear all this fake news around us today about how much better we are, you know, with this current administration. But really? No, I don't think so. Yes, people aligned themselves with Absalom over his proven father, David. David recognizes in verse two that the people are saying, you're done, but God will not deliver him. That's what they were saying. I wonder if you've ever felt like that. Maybe someone has said that to you. Oh, you know, you're a Christian. You you lean on the Lord, but the Lord's not going to help you in this situation. You got to go figure it out yourself. It's not going to, you're not, he's not going to help you. But pause that thought with a sea law there, even as the Bible puts it there. Hey, think about that for a second. You know, David says in verse three, but you, O Lord, you're a shield about me. Yes, no matter what happens to us, no matter how bleak the outlook might be, the Bible says in Romans 8.28 that God causes all things to work out to good for those that love him. Now, I wonder if you've heard that in a while. I mean, it's a pretty popular verse, but God works all things out to the good. Maybe you're saying, well, you know, Pastor, maybe not so much in my life. Things aren't working out to the good at all. But he says that God will cause all things to work together for good to those who love him. Let me ask you a question. Do you love the Lord? Is that being translated by the way that you're living? Is your lifestyle say that you're someone who loves the Lord? Are you obeying the Lord? Are you obeying his commandments? Are you obeying his ordinances? See, so many times we, quote, as Christians, you know, we want to do whatever we want to do. And when things aren't working out, we're thinking, God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? But yet, is there an area in your life that you've just totally let go? Are you still having the devotions in your Bible every single day? Are you reading the Word? Are you praying on a daily basis? You know, when people come into Core Church Los Angeles, we have them fill out a little form before they sit down with a pastor for counseling. And part of that form says, are you a Christian? Yes or no? We ask, how many times a month do you go to church? You know, is it, you know, two times, four times, six times, eight times, ten times? Are you reading your Bible on a daily basis? Yes or no? Yeah, are you doing any kind of a devotional work? Yes or no? See, we want to know these things because many times when people come in and they're not doing any of those things, well, that's why their life has become so upside down and turned inside out. 
And it's like, you know, you think, well, you know, are you telling me that everything's turning upside down in my life because I'm not reading my Bible every day? Well, what I'm saying is if you're not continually growing in your relationship with Christ, it's easy to slip away. And maybe someone finds themselves as we close today's program in that place and position where you feel like you've slipped away from the Lord. You know, it didn't start that way. I mean, you didn't set out one day and just say, hey, I'm going to fall away from the Lord. But it takes time, and we start drifting. And then by the time we realize that we're quite a bit of a distance from the Lord, it's like all of a sudden it seems like we're so far we can't get back. But listen, if you're listening right now on the radio, and you want to have your sin forgiven, and you just want to get right with the Lord. Look, I don't know where you're at. I don't know you. But look, if you want to get right with God, that's all I need to know. And if you want to get right with Him now, you want your sin forgiven, you want to have a a time of refresh with the Lord, then why don't you pray this prayer? Mean it in your heart, and God will hear you. So keep your eyes open, but pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died for me and rose again. I want you to come inside of me. Be real in me, Lord. Change me. Help me walk with you, Lord. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior. And be my friend. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I'd like to send you a Bible. It's called a New Believer's Bible because there's a lot of extra notes in it to help you and encourage you in a walking relationship with Christ. In fact, the first 50 pages all talks about walking with the Lord. If you uh, text me at 323-807-3255, I'll send that to you. So text me at 323-807-3255. And may the Lord God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.